You're listening to Home for Christmas, a sermon series by Pastor Bay Allen. Good morning, everyone. Actually, these go up here on the altar. Every week we put our prayers up on the altar. Um, and when I come in during the week, I pray over those. And um, I'm pretty sure Pastor Donna does too. Um, but it's, it's just a way for us to be a, a praying church together, an altar-centered uh, church together. But it's great to be with you. For those of you who are here perhaps for the very first time, I am Pastor Bay, and it is excellent to be with you uh, on this first day of Advent in this, the house of the Lord. Um, and we are looking at a new series beginning today called Home for Christmas. Now, as a pastor, a lot of times you kind of go back and forth. Do we, do we go through the Advent or do we focus more on the Christmas? Because they're actually very different things. Um, but what I'm going to try and do during this time together over the next few weeks is look at how Jesus, through his life, through his ministry, through his experiences, um, he kind of had this sense of not being home for Christmas. <laughs> he kind of had this not quite being at home. Uh, he, even, he even referred to himself in that way at one point. So we're going to, that's what we're going to kind of spend some time with during this Advent season. I encourage you to turn with me in your Bibles or an applicable app on your smartphone smartphones to John chapter 6 verse 38 and verse 42 where we see this this is Jesus speaking for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me and they said is this not Jesus the son of Joseph whose father and mother we know how is it then that he says I have come down from heaven This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So um, starting in this uh, new series, and we're kind of dealing with Advent, where Advent, a big portion of that is not knowing what's coming. It's kind of like this expectation. Uh, Advent was... Historically, there were a people that were waiting a really long time for the Messiah to come. And so when we think of Advent, we remember their waiting, which is kind of, it's kind of interesting to do on the post side, but we remember their waiting as we anticipate the second coming of Christ. So it enters into our own current time waiting as well that we celebrate Advent. Um, and I just want to throw it out there uh, because I'm sure you have your own family traditions You have a tradition in your family that you've probably done since you were little. Uh, Maybe there was a a certain food that's always on the Christmas table for you. And if that food isn't there, it's not quite Christmas. Uh, Or or maybe there's a certain decoration that always hangs in a certain place. And if that decoration can't be found, it's not quite Christmas. Um, And, you know, for some of us, you know, it even gets into movies that we watch. Like if I can't watch a Christmas story, it's not quite Christmas. You get where I'm going with this. I'm sure you have something in your life that is like that. Um, now, I've, I've had some really good friends, and I think it's a good movie, and I've watched it, and I've enjoyed it, but National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. For some people, that is that kind of movie. It is not Christmas without National Lampoon's, bless you, uh, Christmas Vacation. Now, I don't think you'll find uh, Chevy Chase, Sparky, uh, Crazy Eddie in the Bible. Um, However, I think you will find some things that align themselves with that classic story that has a soft spot in so many people's hearts. Um, And I say this because how many of you uh, go back and forth about whose house for Christmas? 
This really came in for me after I got married. It's like, okay, well, we went to your house for Thanksgiving. So we're going to go to to my parents' house for, for Christmas. And the next year we'll swap. And so you kind of get into this whose house for Christmas. And the cool thing is people pile from miles around to come to that one destination at Christmas. Now, the original Christmas was a little bit different because instead of going to somebody's house, you had Mary and Joseph and they were going for a census. They had to just go and check in basically and say we're here. They weren't even going like National Lampoon style where Crazy Eddie brings in the RV and says, Merry Christmas. Uh, I'll say bathroom was full. You know what I mean? You had some craziness that was taking place. But what's different about it is we say whose house for Christmas and they didn't really think in that way they didn't really think in that way in fact uh, you're looking at a people who their house a lot of time was kind of nomadic they they stemmed from having some tent houses now Mary and Joseph they had a house a domicile and we'll get into that a little more during a series um But what's interesting is it's not about the house. And the big point, the big idea today that I want you to take away is that a house is not a home. A house is not a home. So I want you to live with that during our conversation today, during uh, just this this look at this scripture about what Jesus just said. Because Jesus just said a moment ago, he's not from this planet. He's not from earth, so to speak. He comes from somewhere else. Where is Jesus' home? Anyone? Heaven. Heaven is where Jesus' home truly is. So at the first Christmas, Jesus wasn't worried about going to so-and-so's house for Christmas. Jesus actually just left his home for Christmas to come to our house. Okay? This is the foundation for this series, so I want you to be on the same page with me. The earth is the house. Heaven is the home. Okay? And a house is not a home, okay? Now, we got the groundwork laid. So whose house for Christmas? It comes up all the time. Um, and I want you to know that they didn't worry about that back then. Another thing that comes up is the more the merrier. Um, and the thing with the more the merrier is, just like movies, it's not really, it's not really Christmas if uh, we don't watch National Lampoons or we don't watch Christmas stories. Sometimes... We spend Christmas and we say, I really wish so-and-so would have been able to make it. I really wish so-and-so would have been here. And, and in some cases, it's uh, some, someone who has just passed on. I really wish that they could have been here. And so it, sometimes it's the more the merrier. It would make us merrier. But sometimes it's more the scarier, <laughs> which is what you see with the National Lampoons. When everyone's there, it's chaos. It's crazy. I mean, there's a squirrel in the tree. There's, there's just stuff falling apart, lighting fire in the house, not lighting when it's supposed to. I mean, everything that can go wrong sometimes does go wrong. Have you experienced that at Christmas of all times of year? That memory sticks with you like a movie that you replay year after year after year. The more the merrier is sometimes the more the scarier. And I want to say that the original Christmas, the more wasn't the merrier because the inn was so merry it was full. There was no room for any more. And so we see Jesus Christ come to earth. We've already said Jesus left his home for Christmas. We see Jesus came with simplicity at Christmas. Jesus came in a manger and away from everyone. 
And I pray that this Christmas season, even if the people that mean the world to you, you wish that they would be around the table to celebrate with you, even if they can't make it. I pray that God will give you the peace and the simplicity that Jesus brought at Christmas for that very first Christmas. The third thing I want to really uh, just hit on a little bit uh, is that in I just heard seals sing it in Rockefeller Center. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Right? You, you hear these Christmas songs and you make yourself believe them. And it's like, this is the most wonderful time of year. And, and that becomes a mantra. So every time that crazy Cousin Eddie does show up and everything goes crazy, because it's his name, I, I say it. Crazy Cousin Eddie. Every time something goes crazy, we say to ourselves, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It is the most, and we say it until we believe it. But I want you to know, for some people, Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year. Some people, like we look back on Advent, the coming of the Messiah. Some people don't look back on that. Some people have no idea that there is a Messiah. Some people have no idea that salvation has come to earth. We can say, you know, it's the most wonderful time of the year, but some of us are dealing with someone who just passed away. And it's not the most wonderful time of year. And I was reading this, and I started thinking about the crazy family, all of that, um, in Matthew chapter 1. You know, the very beginning of the New Testament. How many of you, when you first got your Bible, if you think back, when you first got your Bible, you're like, old. I don't, I don't, I'm not starting with the old. I'm starting with the New Testament. How many of you started with the New Testament? Any of you who's willing to share? Okay, because you and I get to have a moment together. Because when you start with the New Testament, what do you get? It's crazy. It's like all these people just piling into a house and a squirrel in a tree. It's crazy. Because when you open the book, you read the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Wait, he's son of two guys. I don't, okay, son of David, son of Abraham. That's not what I originally thought. Let me keep reading. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Amminadab. Amminadab begot... Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon, and Salmon begot Boaz, and Rahab, Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Wait a minute, Ruth. When I was looking through the chapter listing, there was a Ruth. She has her own book. Um, and so, so this is what I would do when I first got my Bible, and I was like, whoa, there's a Ruth. Um, and so I, let's read Ruth chapter 1. Now it came to pass in the days when judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. This is a cool story. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. I'm glad I don't have to put that on a Christmas card. And the name of his wife was Naomi. And you read on. And this is a really cool story. Because you basically, if this were Christmas, they would not be having a most wonderful time of the year. Because you have a woman named Naomi who's married to a guy whose name is crazy enough, but she loves him. Elimelech. They have two sons. They get married. So she has two daughters-in-law. It's starting to be a pretty big, happy, crazy Christmas dinner. Her, her husband dies. And then she's going on through life and the sons die. So it's Naomi and her two daughters-in-law. They're not even blood. And she basically just says, you know, 
Go back home. Live your lives. Do you see me? I'm not going to have any more kids. If you're waiting for more boys to marry, they're not coming from me. So go somewhere and, and just live your life while you can live it. And she said, if I could live my life, you know, Naomi meant pleasant. It was like the good stuff, like that big present under the tree with the shiny paper. You know, Naomi was the pleasant stuff in life. And she says, call me Mara. She basically says, call me cursed. She's like, call me just bitter is the direct translation of Mara. So you have this story and you go on and Ruth says there's a wonderful song that she sings. It's an opera, so I'm just going to read it. Uh, but it, it's, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you for wherever you go, I will go. Andrew could be like, Where you go, I go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. That's the original, not the Tomlin. Uh, and your people shall be my people. And your God, my God, where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you and me. Now, as you read on this story of Ruth, wonderful woman. Where you go, I will go. Wait a minute. If we look all the way at John 14, 3, um, Jesus says something very similar. Jesus says something similar. In John 14, 3, Jesus talks about, you know, I've gone to prepare a place and, and where I go, I'm coming again. You know, why did Jesus say he's coming again? Anyone know? Jesus said he's coming again so that where I am, you may be also. I wonder if that got passed down from this person on this crazy lineage of Christ. See, Christ had a crazy family. Crazy. You had murderers. You had prostitutes. You had, you had just uh, adultery. I mean, there's some crazy people in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ became the King of Kings. Jesus Christ came to save us all. So when you are spending time with your crazy family this Christmas, realize you're not alone. You're not alone. Crazy stories of people that you don't even remember or traditions that you do and you don't even remember why. You're not alone. Jesus had a crazy family as well. And it is the most wonderful time of the year. But the reason that it's the most wonderful time of the year is because Jesus came so that we may better understand that a house is not a home. That this, even this house of God, is not the home of God. It's a house. And we are made for something more. Jesus was not made to live in a manger his whole life. He was born there. But that little house for that little night wasn't his home. After there, we're going to visit. With, we're going to see how he goes to Egypt because he's afraid for his life. That wasn't his home. He had a house there for a bit. Going back, you know, Jerusalem, wherever Jesus went, it, was, it wasn't a home. And when Jesus prayed the Lord's Prayer with his disciples, when Jesus prayed the Lord's Prayer and said, Earth, 
in heaven where he's saying, your will be done. I will be done, you know, come to earth as it is in heaven. What he's saying is, let us have a little bit of home. Even while we're in this house. Even while we're in this house. Jesus came so that we may go home for Christmas. So that we may go home for eternity. But so that we may go home for Christmas. And I encourage you of all times of year, Christmas, if you're looking for something to take away from this message to kind of put into action, a lot of people like a challenge or an action step. It's this, invite someone home for Christmas. We have Christmas Eve services. Christmas Eve is actually on a Sunday this year. So we have Christmas Eve in the morning. We're going to have an evening service. Invite someone. Not just to a house. And not just a meal. Invite them home. And the the Eucharist, the communion, the table of the Lord that we are about to partake in today is just a foretaste of the heavenly banquet that's going to far outshine any, any Christmas dinner you can imagine. On the night that Jesus was to give himself up for the salvation of the world, he was at table with his closest friends, his disciples, and he took the bread, he gave thanks to his Father God in heaven. He broke the bread. Turning to his disciples, he said, Take.